This is On Target St. John's. A look at politics, crime, education. What's happening here with the people who know? The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. Now your On Target St. John's host, Linda Swain. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, looks like we've got a, wow, is, is it possible we don't have rain happening right now? <laughs> it seems like it's been forever since we uh, last had a reprieve from this rain, drizzle, and fog. I know I'm tired of talking about it, but anyway, uh, be that as it may. Um, as you may know, efforts continue to help preserve the critically endangered Newfoundland pony. The ponies, which evolved over centuries to adapt to the Newfoundland landscape and climate, helped to build the place we know now and sustain people in ways not possible without them. Well, my guest today on On Target is Libby Carew, a counsellor at large with the Newfoundland Pony Society. And good afternoon. Good afternoon, Linda. So, uh, Libby, tell us a little bit now about uh, this fundraising effort that the Newfoundland Pony Society is involved in. I know there's a phase one. What was that campaign all about? So just before the pandemic, um, the Newfoundland Pony Society kicked off. It's the largest project that we've undertaken to date. So this idea has been around, it's been kicking around for a while. So it's to create a permanent home for Newfoundland ponies in their birthplace, so in the province, and create a pasture and a heritage park so that on the Avalon, um, there'll be a place for ponies and a place for the public to come and see them um, and to learn more about this animal. So we kicked off the campaign um, in 2020. We raised $75,000. We were thrilled to see that level of support from the public. And we were able to open um, the park last summer, or, well, the pasture at this point. And um, based on that success, we're just getting ready and launching phase two of the campaign. So tell us a little bit now about the park itself, because the money helped to go towards that. I know a lot of work has been done there over the last couple of years, despite COVID. Um, Walk us through the park, if you will, virtually. Right. So we opened last summer, um, mid-July. We had two, so I should tell you where it is. It's out in Hopal. So it's just a terrific area for tourism potential. You know, you have the wooden uh, boat museum, you have the, um, the Dildo Brewery. So we have the Newfoundland Pony Society was given 25 acres of land um, from the provincial government. And we um, created, so we opened the pasture last year there. We did quite a bit of fencing. The land had been used previously by another um, it was a horse organization, nothing to do with the Pony Society. So, you know, the, the fences had to be repaired. Um, you know, we needed to really look at the the pasture, get that all rehabilitated and fix up the buildings there. So with a lot of volunteer work and with that financial support from donors, we were able to put um, two Newfoundland ponies on seasonal pasture there last summer. Um, Dream Boy and Singapore were their names. And I know we had about 700 people that actually got out to see them. So, you know, that was a pilot. That was really the start of it last year. Our goal was really to keep the ponies safe and to keep the public safe. Um, And what we plan to do is to build on that. So we have quite a bit of land there. We want to, you know, increase the fencing, um, put some more ponies on there and, you know, gradually build it up. But we were really thrilled last year just being able to open it and, um, you know, to really have this pilot and just just really gauge the, the success and how it could roll for the future. So 25 acres, is that that like a full open type of piece of land or is it split up into paddocks or what are the plans there exactly? Yeah, so the 25 acres... 
a lot of it is uh, forested. So, you know, again, going back that in the past it was used um, by another organization, but the so the lower part of the fencing or the lower part of the pasture, we have all of that fenced in. Um, but if you, you know, you go, it goes quite um, a ways back, sort of uh, up into sort of a more forested area. So to develop that, obviously, we've got to replace all the fencing. Um, some of the trees need to be removed. So really just getting it back to good grazing pasture for ponies. Um, and also, but I think there's a benefit there when you think about some of the more private areas of that um, that land. We have the idea that, you know, to really help the breed here in its homeland, you know, we need to boost the numbers, and that's all about getting foals on the ground. So, you know, with the right planning and with the right approach, um, we will come out with a, um, a breeding program. So that would involve, again, with a lot of planning and security, possibly, you know, putting a stallion on there and getting um, a breeding program going. So the overall, you know, the land is really nicely set up for that. So we want to continue to um, enhance the pasture. So for grazing, hopefully put more ponies on there next summer. Um, but then there is uh, potential as well for us to do some some breeding. And I think that is, that's really where we need to go if we want to have more ponies here in the province. You said you had two ponies there last year. How many are now? So um, it was it's seasonal. So just to be clear, it's a seasonal operation. So to have ponies there, um, for example, like this summer, we're looking at, you know, early summer, putting ponies there. Um, so we had two there last summer. They were there for the season. Uh, we did a number of events, by the way, as well. It was great to have children visit and a lot of people came by um, to sort of to interact with them. So at the end of the season, we went right through. We did a holiday um, photo shoot at the end of October. And um, at the end of October, then the ponies went back to their owners. So um, that's really the model now for us to have people so these are ponies that are owned by people but one of the issues of course for the newfoundland pony here in its homeland is that they're you know it's it's losing its habitat so trying to find land for the ponies so for owners to put them out on what we call pasture for the season that's really the model i mean that's how it was done um years ago in the past and that's what we want to do so getting more land for the ponies and makes them more affordable for their owners so that they can turn them out there almost like a summer camp for ponies. They go off on pasture and at the end of their season, their owners will come and get them. So um, yeah, that's, that's really the model we're, we're looking at. So the idea is that any owner could uh, bring their pony up there to keep them as long as they're safe and well and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's right. And I should mention, um, we are running another pasture. So the land that we have at um, Hopal, that is specifically what we're building as a, um, a pasture and a heritage park. But we also have land that we're running as a pasture out in, um, so Victoria area out by Carboneer. And that that's amazing as well. We have not just Newfoundland ponies there, but there are, um, I think this summer we had somewhere around 33 or 35 ponies and horses there. So again, it means that pony owners, it's more affordable, right? So they only have to pay for hay and stable them part of the year. So that pasture we're running as well, um, that's more of a private um, 
pasture. I wouldn't say private. I mean, it's open to the public, but it's not really meant as a showcase area. It's quite a bit of land, and the ponies and horses are able to graze there through the summer. But the same thing, at the end of the season, their owners come and get them. Uh, I, it's quite interesting to see that sort of roundup. The ponies are really happy having spent the summer there, so it's, it's quite challenging sometimes for their owners to get them. But they, they get them at the end of the season and then bring them back and keep them through the winter at their own um, you know, at their own stable or, or whatever their setup is. And you're talking about the Swansea. Yes, Swansea Pasture, that's right, yeah, in Victoria. One of my favourite places, I have to say. Okay. I've always enjoyed uh, visiting the Swansea and seeing the horses and, and ponies down there. Um, but what you're saying is very interesting because ponies, I think anybody who's had a Newfoundland pony or has been familiar with a Newfoundland pony, they're very um, um, loving and, and, and very friendly, but they've got their own mind. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they're very intelligent, you know, so I think that can be, um, that's a real benefit. Um, but it can also be, they're quite cute. You know, you hear stories of owners saying, you know, my pony knows how to open the barn door and, you know, they know how to, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're, sometimes they can be very, very smart. That's true. Yeah, I know a couple that have been uh, escape artists. We had one on the show <laughs> that uh, got out while I was talking to the guest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, you know, Linda, you about you know a lot of people will describe the Newfoundland ponies very intelligent um, very easy to work with and I think that speaks a lot to how this animal evolved they evolved working alongside us um, for many years helping us you know plowing pulling wood in the winter transporting uh, midwives and doctors you know in outports so they're you know there's a reason they they are the way they are um, and I think it's another reason why they're so special and why you know we work so hard to to try to help them find a place you know, where does a pony belong in modern Newfoundland and Labrador? Our guest today on On Target is Councillor at Large with the Newfoundland Ponies Society, uh, Libby Carew. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. And we're back. Our guest today on On Target is Councillor at Large with the Newfoundland Pony Society, Libby Carew. We're talking about, uh, oh, the many plans that they have underway. We talked a little bit, Libby, earlier about your Phase 1 one of your uh, fundraising project uh, for the Pony Heritage Park there in Hopal Trinity Bay. You're launching phase two now. What's this all about? Right. So phase two is building on the success um, that we had last summer. So with the, um, the 25 acres of land. So continuing on with the fencing. So, um, a lot. We last year we were able to fence the lower part of the pasture. Again, it was about keeping the ponies safe and also the public safe, but enabling them to interact in a safe manner with with the ponies. So we need to continue on. 25 acres means there's a lot of fencing to be done. So we want to continue on with um, the fencing. The um, there are old buildings there which we managed just through volunteer hours, which was terrific this summer. Just a shout out to everyone who drove stakes this summer and and uh, put that red paint on the barns. Um, but we need to enhance those buildings. So they need, um, you know, our well, for example, uh, we ran dry last summer. So we really need to get the well addressed, um, get the buildings repaired. 
uh, get them in better shape. You know, we have um, the other thing we want to get ready for next summer is there are a number of artifacts and some really interesting um, equipment that the pony used in the past. So um, some of the plows, for example, we've got some of the equipment there we want to showcase. So the idea is to get um, one of those buildings there in much better shape so that it's safe for the public to come in, um, have some of those displays or, you know, art installations uh, for them to see. Um, so I mentioned the well. And then also um, really we're looking at potential to run a small breeding program. So this is still in development, but the idea would be because, um, you know, trailering, we're hearing from owners that the, you know, if you want to breed your pony, well, that involves trailering and making sure that either your mare can get to the stallion or the stallion can get to your mare. So, um, you know, with the right approach and the right plan, it's uh, something we're looking at perhaps having part of um, the land where it's safe to have um, a stallion and maybe um, for us to help with uh, the breeding efforts and really help with with owners with the trailering and some of the costs involved there. So, you know, we have really big plans, but I think it's the whole, you know, crawl, walk, run and making sure that we're doing this in an organic way and growing it in a way, you know, that, that makes sense based on, you know, the needs of the pony owners um, and the ponies and, um, you know, where we're, we're going with this in the future. Are there challenges for owners when it comes to uh, keeping a stallion? Yeah, definitely. So um, the stallions require, um, you know, nature will do what they are programmed to do. We just put it that way. So, you know, stallions, we always feel for the stallions because, you know, they require extra precautions and extra care, you know, for fencing and keeping them. And, Sometimes that is um, beyond, um, let's just say, you know, uh, many pony owners, their current capability, or it could even be just their their physical setup. So they're just not set up for that. Um, The problem then, if that if that stallion is then gelded, um, then that ends that gene line or those bloodlines are ended there. So we really have a lot of, um, I guess we have a lot of empathy for. Um, stallion owners and you know we're interested in in helping them um but the idea there would be that we could help facilitate so help get more foals on the ground here i mean that's obviously in lines with preserving the breed um and then also helping those pony owners as well with you know the transportation and and trailering but that's a bit further out but we're certainly it's, it's on the dash and something we're looking at um in our plans is it easier in, in sort of a pasture setting to keep a stallion or two? How, how does that work exactly? Mm-hmm. So definitely not my area of expertise, but my understanding, the way it was done in the past, um, again, when there was, I mean, we're going back several decades, but that um, you would have um, a stallion that was put in a secure pasture with a mare um, for several months or maybe over the summer season and nature you know ran its course and you know following that time there would be you know folds on the ground the, the following year so i think you know we're not we obviously can't go back to you can't turn back the clock and go back to the way that was done but i think there are lessons there to be learned for us and how we can um in a much smaller on a much smaller scale perhaps take that on so it's um that that's really what we're looking at 
I'm thinking too the the part of the challenge because there's still people out there who who keep horses as we used to call it horses what we're talking about Newfoundland ponies of course uh, but there's people who used to ha- uh, keep horses and have a great deal of knowledge and there are still a few out there but is it becoming more challenging um, to find people who have that knowledge who understand the workings of the Newfoundland pony how to keep them how to keep them happy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're definitely hitting the nail on the head there. So there's a book, Dr. Andrew Fraser, who was a veterinarian who came to the province um, you know, in, in the 70s and who documented, a, he was a veterinarian, um, he documented a lot of the, um, the Newfoundland ponies that were out in the outports. It's a wonderful book. He talks a lot about that, you know, the horse ways and the pony knowledge that it was a part of just the, the culture and, you know, the natural discussion around kitchen tables, um, same way that we talked about the fish that uh, it was just knowledge that a lot of people had because a lot of families had their own Newfoundland ponies and to have a pony you know you were doing pretty well I mean it was you know pony really helped you um, survive in those days but without a doubt you know and modernization came to the outports you know ATVs and modern farm equipment you know the pony did lose its way and I think with that um, a lot of the knowledge and, you know, we used to say that there is an gen- entire generation of um, Newfoundlanders and Labradorians that have not seen a Newfoundland pony. And unfortunately, that's now two generations, right? So those people who are in their late 30s or 40s, they're now having children of their own, and that generation hasn't seen them. So, um, you know, that is absolutely true. We're, we're getting away from all that, you know, that horse, that pony knowledge that was a natural part of our, uh, um, you know, our heritage years ago. I have to say, the Newfoundland pony has always been dear to my heart. My grandfather uh, kept horses, as we used to call them, and uh, people used to bring their horses to him to, you know, decide whether or not it was a good horse or if uh, people were leading them astray in the age of the animal or whatever the case may be. So uh, I grew up as a young child fascinated by this because Pop always had horses. And uh, so you're right. Uh, like He had knowledge after he passed there was nobody in our family that kept that knowledge. Right. And, you know, I think that goes back. That's an excellent point. It goes back to this um, Newfoundland Pony, the Heritage Park and Pasture that we are building at Hopal. You know, one of the things we did a number of events last summer, as I mentioned, with children, which was fantastic. But you're getting into now, like, talking about, you know, workshops and opportunities, whether you call them workshops or, you know, interactive sessions. But we've had people reach out and say, you know, my my child and their friends, you know, we'd love to come out there and, and have a little um, little talk about the pony and, you know, that kind of thing. So that is something that I think we do, we have to look at as part of what we'd be offering at the park. So, you know, little sessions or workshops with children. And I think even adults have said that they'd be interested in, in coming out. And again, getting back to that, learning about the pony, you know, some of its characteristics, you know, along with, with the history and, and what this animal um, did for us and why it's so important. So that sort of pony training, uh, Pony 101, is is not out of the question as well for events that we look at for next summer. Our guest today on On Target is Libby Carew, Counselor-at-Large with the Newfoundland Pony Society. We'll be back right after this.
Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show, midnight on your VOCM. And we're back. Our guest today on On Target is Counselor at Large with the Newfoundland Pony Society, Libby Carew. And we're talking about all your plans in Hope All Trinity Bay and right across the province for that matter. And I was going to ask you, you've got this uh, 25 acres in Hope All. How much land does uh, the average pony need, really? Yeah, I mean, we, that's a good point. So there's a certain amount of, uh, I guess, for healthy pastures and enough grazing for ponies. Um, you know, we have the lower part of that pasture there. Because I think I mentioned, if you look at the, the aerial shot of that or the survey, there's quite a bit, quite a bit of it is, is forested. So what we want to do is as we gradually build it, um, we want to, uh, you know, rehabilitate some of the areas, bring, keep obviously some of the wildness there. The ponies kind of like the, uh, the trees, especially with these hot summers we've been having. But um, there's a um, certain amount. We really have to plan it appropriately so that we have enough grazing for uh, a certain number of ponies through the summer. But I know for the lower pasture this year, we had two ponies um, that were on there, and it was, it was great. Uh, to have them back on the land and then gradually I mean the summer it was interesting the people said people who visited said um, you know they're really happy we had a lot of really positive feedback about the whole experience there but they said you know we want to see more ponies we want to see a foal Um, so that's what we're really looking at um, next year so more fencing and then um, building up and make sure we have enough pasture for um, for potentially more ponies there next year. And everybody wants to see that foal. Of course, there's a little foal in Harbor Grace that I was visiting frequently this past summer and absolutely delighted by. Um, but how are we doing in terms of foals across the province? So this year was a good year. 2022 was a good year for foals. There were, to the best of our knowledge, um, 26 foals that were born. So that, that's not in the province. That's, um, uh, you know, across Canada and down into the um, United States, north, mostly the northeastern United States. Um, but, you know, this is no surprise. So the pandemic obviously restricted the movement of people. So uh, within that, that also meant that if you couldn't, um, you know, move around, then ponies were not being moved around for breeding. So um, it's it's been excellent. So that's definitely the trend in the right direction. And we certainly would like to see uh, more foals born, especially here in the province. You know, there are more Newfoundland ponies now outside Newfoundland and Labrador than there are here in its homeland. And that's something we, we want to, to change. And of course, it, it, it's not always easy. And we, we've touched on this before uh, about keeping a pony and and the the uh, responsibility that uh, lies therein. But um, back in the 80s, of course, when a lot of uh, municipalities were becoming incorporated, all of a sudden there were rules and regulations about what you could and couldn't do in a community. And a lot of that didn't make it easy to keep a Newfoundland pony. Are municipalities getting on board now? I think so. Um, you know, we do need we need more pony friendly overall, more policies. I would say from the provincial government. So, uh, making sure that there is land available for Newfoundland pony owners. So, you know, the Newfoundland pony, it's not a pet. I guess in some cases it's a pet, but it's not a farm animal either. So it's kind of in this sort of interesting um, <clears throat> sort of zone of, you know, where 
where does the Newfoundland pony fit then within the province? But you're absolutely right. So we need more um, land made available for the Newfoundland pony so that, you know, that comes down to helping their owners, making sure that they can afford to keep them, right? So that comes back to pasture and, and grazing land. But also, so and then going down further into the municipal level, you know, making sure, or I guess helping municipalities understand, um, you know, with any type of animals, there's, there's going to be, you know, sometimes some smells involved. And uh, But, you know, we really want to see more pony-friendly policies overall at the provincial government level and then also at the municipal level. And I think that that takes time. Are there some municipalities better than others? I, you know, I don't know if you're willing to single uh, particular municipalities out, but, you know, overall, are you seeing that some municipalities are sort of getting it and others still have a little ways to go? I think so. I mean, traditionally, if you look back into areas where, you know, there's parts of the province where there have always been um, Newfoundland ponies. So, again, back at Hopal, that traditionally has been really the heart of um, the Newfoundland pony population. There was always a lot of Newfoundland ponies out there, so it's a natural thing for us to to build up more of um, a presence there. And I think looking at other areas, you know, perhaps Conception Bay South, there were always a lot of Newfoundland ponies there. So you will see um, municipalities, and I think where there is land and space and they have awareness of the animal and and, and the the history and the importance of the ponies, you'll see um, a lot of support and certainly more awareness there. But that's part of what we are trying to do. Again, Newfoundland Pony Society, that's part of our mandate to promote the Newfoundland Pony. So we promote, we protect, and we preserve. So that also involves, um, you know, in some cases, helping pony owners with some of the discussions they might be having at the municipal level, um, perhaps finding out if there is some land that is coming up there that could be used for pasture. Um, That's a discussion that we're also interested in having with the municipal um, government there. What about access to uh, forage or hay, for that matter? Uh, you know, in order to keep a pony during the winter months, you need access to uh, bales of hay and the like. Uh, are there enough uh, pieces of land being used for that? Yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. I've heard, though, that, again... Going into, you know, for us going into the supermarket, you know that the cost of food um, has gone up. That's well documented. And I don't think it's any different for, um, you know, for services, for, you know, people keeping ponies. And, and hay would definitely be one of those. Um, I mean, the Newfoundland pony is known to be an easy keeper. Um, it evolved eating our <laughs> our sparse grass and hay. So it, it is fairly easy to keep. But um, from what we've heard, just the cost for everything, all costs are going up. And, and that's that's also um you know for pony owners those costs are hitting them as well and access to veterinary care uh, for big animals in particular um is that a challenge at all um now again i'm not <clears throat> sorry an expert in that but i've heard um i've heard some really wonderful things about uh, pony owners needing to get access to the large animal vets and i think that's been very successful uh, they've been able to get the care and my understanding is even some of the remote places where you have ponies um that the vets have really been able to help them uh, you know in, in cases of emergency so um i from what i've heard there it's been very positive and uh, certainly we'd like to thank um you know the provincial vets for all the care that they provide um, for the ponies i know they've got a lot on their plate as well with livestock so um yeah from what we've heard that's been a a very good service so the heritage park how did it do in terms of tourism this past year 
Oh my gosh, we're really happy with the, the numbers of people that came through. So we were able to open. Um, I have to give a shout out, a shout out to the uh, Canada Summer Jobs. We had uh, two staff on site there this summer, um, Becky and Stephen. So we had uh, Canada Summer Jobs funding for Becky. And um, we had over, so the numbers, we kept track of the visitors. So a lot of out-of-province visitors, which was wonderful. And I think that plays into the, the Come Home campaign that the, the provincial government ran. So a lot of um, out-of-province tourists, um, the numbers were about 700 people that came through. But, you know, we were really pleased just, again, putting the lens back on the province. There were a lot of um, Newfoundlanders and Labradorians who were able to come through and visit. And um, a lot of them, you know, they wanted to get their pictures taken with the ponies. Um, they, uh, you know, wanted to learn more about them. We had some um, storyboards up there so they could read about the history of this pony and just, you know, how unique it is. So, and then, you know, this area, that whole, um, you know, dildo area, that is just fantastic, of course for tourism because you know you have the the doctors in and spa you have um other you know airbnbs and you also have the dildo brewery so it um it really was you know the whole pony experience there and what we want to um, gradually build that up to be it's a nice offering within um let's say the tourist attractions in that area you know there's a couple of rv parks there so we had families come through so it was great i mean we're really happy with it i think it's just we want to um to do more put more ponies there uh, you know gradually build it up so that it is a really positive and, and safe experience for people and um you know we'd love to see the newfoundland ponies in our tourism ads for the province we love those ads but um you know we are always amazed that every year the beautiful ads come out and there's there's no there are no ponies in them yeah let's get more ponies on tv <laughs> Yes. Um, what did the ponies think about all that added attention? Oh, my gosh. Well, they were superstars. So I think, yeah, to be clear, though, it's um, the two ponies that we put on pasture this summer. Um, they, it was uh, working with the, a local family, the March family. Again, a shout-out to them. They were just fantastic uh, in trusting us with their ponies for the summer. Um, but the temperament in particular of Dream Boy and Singapore um, were just ideal, right? So these are um, senior ponies. Um, very used to being handled, um, being around people, uh, you know, with children. So their temperament was absolutely perfect for what we wanted to do. So, you know, uh, maybe a, perhaps a more spirited pony or, you know, <laughs> there, you know, you have to be careful, I think, with the, with what kind of ponies you put on um, a pasture there to interact with the public. Um, but that was, again, you know, everything that the Pony Society does, we do in partnership, you know, with the owners. So um, in that particular case, those ponies were excellent. And then, of course, we had we were very happy to have those two staff members. Um, Stephen Pitcher uh, has a lot of horse knowledge. He was very comfortable interacting with the ponies. And then Becky was our um, uh, what would you call it? Becky was our like our, our PR person on the ground there and educating the public when they came to visit. So overall, that was for a pilot project last summer. We were really happy with how it ran. And I think we want to um, build on that and our learning from what went well and, and improve on that for next summer and do more. 
We talked about a little bit about that knowledge and how, you know, after a generation or two, it's it's lost. And you mentioned that you, part of this Heritage Park is also uh, highlighting some of the artifacts uh, related to uh, pony ownership in, in years gone by. And I would imagine that a lot of that is, is lost knowledge as well, because a lot of that stuff would ever either have to be shipped in or, or handmade. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We heard from people last summer in particular saying, you know, well, they heard about um, the initiative to put the Heritage Pasture and Park in place and to open it last summer. So some people got in touch with the Newfoundland Pony Society and said, you know, hey, in my barn or, you know, in my garage, I have, you know, my my pop's old sled or I have the harness that our Newfoundland Pony used to use. So um, a number of people got in touch with us and expressed interest in saying, you know, well, if it could be possible to, to loan it to the Pony Society. Like, we'd be really happy to have that displayed. So it's interesting. I think you're right. A lot of that would have gone with the ponies that were shipped off the island, uh, which is very sad. But some families did keep their um, their equipment, let's say. So, uh, and they were, they've been very generous. They've been in touch and said, you know, we'd like to display it. It's a part of, uh, you know, the learning about how these animals, how hard they worked for us or with us, I should say. So, again, for next year, that one of the buildings we have there, it would really be ideal as, um, you know, a fairly simple interpretation center, but um, we'd like to be able to showcase some of that equipment that um, people have kindly mentioned that we could we could use um, for the park. And pictures, do you get a lot of pictures? Yeah, we do. I mean, pony owners are very proud, so there's a lot of we hear from people. And by the way, on our website, you can see um, the herd book. And if any pony owners are out there, uh, we want to, when you click on the herd book, so that you can actually see um, a certain pony, be able to see um, the picture and what that pony looks like. That becomes very interesting, of course, for breeding. So um, I want to see what you know your mare looks like, and maybe that would be a good fit for my stallion. Um, but if you're talking like historical pictures, um, we do get people I mean there's a lot of nostalgia so people will write saying you know we had a a pony when we were young and I remember her and she was amazing or he was amazing Um, and they do have some of the old pictures that um, you know we'd like to find a home for that too so um, that is actually a really great idea to have an exhibit there showing some of the historical photos of, of how these ponies worked. And, you know, they were so well adapted. Nature made them perfect over hundreds of years for our, our, um, our environment, you know. So they're, the fact that it's so rocky here and their flint hard hooves and their furry ears, you know, to protect against frostbite. And all of that is it's part of our culture. It's the pony's heritage, but it's part of our heritage as well. And, you know, we want to make sure that, yes, we want to display some of these artifacts and and show how, you know, the pony used them and all of that. But we have an opportunity. The ponies are living heritage, and it's an opportunity for us to decide, you know, is the pony something that'll be in the museum in the future or here in the province? Will we have healthy numbers so that people can continue to see them and enjoy them um, as we did years ago? And I want to talk to you a little bit about those numbers when we come back after the break. Our guest today on On Target, Councillor at Large with the Newfoundland Pony Society, Libby Carew. We'll be back right after this.
Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. And we're back. Libby Carew is our guest today on On Target. She's a counselor at large with the Newfoundland Pony Society. And how are we doing in terms of numbers, Lily? Um, I mean, years ago, there was thousands of ponies on this little uh, rock that we call home. But uh, where are we now? So the numbers, it's always an interesting question. I wish we could have an actual census, but we, it doesn't work that way. We, so I mentioned earlier, we're really happy to have, um, there are a number of foals. So the foal numbers are up overall for the, what we call like the pony herd. And when we refer to the pony herd, it's, you know, across Canada and into the, um, the states. But here in the province, um, you know, there are still more ponies on mainland Canada than there are here in, in its homeland. We think there's somewhere between maybe about 125 to 150 here in the province. And then you have to look at, um, you know, the breeding age of those ponies or you know, this, how many of those um, stallions would be gelded. So it's, it's you know, things are, uh, we're, we're moving in the right direction, let's say, but there's still a lot of work to be done. But you're right. I mean, we give the number, um, you know, Going back just a few decades, there were thousands, and we give the number somewhere between like nine and ten thousand here. You you saw them; they were in all the outports. You know, they were herds, and they were very much a part of our um, our landscape. But we know that by 1992, there were less than 150 left in the province, and we've been just working up since then. But those numbers are not really going up very high. We're, uh, by the sounds of it, we're round about the same as what we were 30 years ago. So what, what, what are the impediments there in, in trying to, to build these numbers? Yeah, so I mean, the pony, the Newfoundland pony is an endangered breed. It's actually listed as a critically endangered breed. So the pony, like other endangered species, I mean, it goes back to habitat. So there is a loss of the habitat for the pony in its homeland so that comes back to okay you follow along for that we need to find uh, we need to get grazing land so more pasture for the pony again making it affordable for their owners so that you have a pony you can turn it out in the pasture in the summer um, whether it's the new one of the pastures that we're running or if it's one perhaps closer in your community where you could keep an eye on your pony Um, so that's one of the issues so affordability Um, you know there's also the awareness as well with you know the municipalities and we talk about pony friendly laws and policies so making sure that there is a place for this animal here in the province um so i think and it's also you know there's on the on the side say like on the mainland the, the newfoundland pony is very popular so for um, families that are looking for um, a ride, you know, a, a steady, reliable animal for their their children to ride. I mean, the pony is very popular due to its temperament, uh, very intelligent. So I think we're trying to we're trying to build that same awareness and some of that um, the demand back up here in its in you know its home province and. Uh, you know, animals, ponies live a long time. Ponies and horses live a long time. So we, you know, making sure that um, people have the right setup to make a commitment to these animals and that, you know, if you talk here, I think, to some of the breeders, they don't want to breed their their animal for to have a foal unless they know that there's, you know, a good home for it in demand. So I think that's something that we are, it's something that we're certainly trying to assist more with, but again, in a, um, you know, in a planned manner. Um, but the idea as well of just generating more awareness and 
It is good. I mean, we're seeing things again move in the right direction. We're seeing more interest coming in from people saying, you know, if if there's a pony that comes up, you know, we do have a very active rehoming um, committee. So again, they're all volunteers, but people have gotten in touch saying, you know, I've got some land and, you know, I, I could probably help. So if there is a pony that comes up that needs to be adopted, you know, could you let me know? So we're seeing more interest. So that, I mean, that's all very positive, but you know, the reality is you travel to places like Ontario, they just, their landscape is completely different. I mean, they're just, they have more agriculture, they have more pasture land, they're just perhaps a little bit better set up for that. And, you know, we're really, we're actually, we're so happy to see what they're doing with the pony as well. I mean, everything they're doing, helping with breeding, it's it's helping the overall, what we call the pony herd. So, you know, it's all good, but we certainly want to see more of that here in, in the province as well. Is the provincial government on side in, in trying to help these efforts? <laughs> Definitely. I have to thank as well Minister Derek Bragg. Uh, we met with him, gosh, a few years ago uh, to talk to him about and his department. So this is under, I think, Department of Agri-Foods and Agriculture. I hope I have that right. Um, he was very positive. He was very enthusiastic for this concept of the Newfoundland Pony Heritage Park. Um, so we certainly want to thank the minister for that. He shares our enthusiasm. And then going back um, to 2018, it was the provincial government that gave us the, the crown land um, that came up. So we applied for it. Uh, we had our vision of the Pony Heritage Park and Pasture. So the, uh, you know, at the time, the government gave us that land. It's on a 50-year agricultural lease. So uh, we're getting a lot of support from the province, and we certainly appreciate it. So anyone who's listening now and um, feels passionate about it, uh, perhaps had uh, a Newfoundland pony in their family in the past and and uh, feels strongly about preserving the breed, what can they do? Right. Well, you can follow us. Uh, reach out. Definitely reach out to us. Uh, we're a small, uh, we're a volunteer organization. We're fairly small, but we have some really good committees and we've got some really passionate volunteers involved. So reach out to us on our website. Um, we're very active on social, so you can follow us on um, Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, I mean, we're very interested. We're As we get further into um, these, these projects, I mean, they're very big projects for us. Running the pasture alone out at Swansea is... is uh, uh, is quite a uh, undertaking. So, you know, people who are have interest in helping with the ponies, like we'll take all the help we can get. And especially um, experienced people who are comfortable um, being around ponies and handling, um, they're also very valuable. But then, you know, sometimes we've had people who reached out last summer. Um, there was a visiting artist from New Brunswick who said, um, you know, I'm coming to Newfoundland. I'm interested in the pony. She brought her pony printing. She had these um, little stamps, I guess you'd call them, and uh, she was able to come out to Hope All for the day, and we did a, uh, a little T-shirt printing um, uh, event with the kids. So I think there's all kinds of ways you can help. So certainly get in touch with us. Um, and, you know, we certainly appreciate we've had so much support and a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of donors, so we'd like to certainly acknowledge all the support we received to date. And where can people make those donations? So you can go on um, Canada Helps. Uh, we have a page set up there for our general funds. Uh, we did actually put together recently, it's a pony, a rescue and rehoming fund. So some people have gotten in touch and said, I want my money or I want my donation to go directly toward helping with the veterinary care or perhaps trailering of a pony in need. So on Canada Helps, there are two specific funds there where they can donate. Um, you can also visit us, uh, our website. There's other ways you can um, send us a check. We are uh, a registered um, CRA charity, so we do issue tax receipts.
Libby Carew, a pleasure. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. And uh, if we're not talking before then, uh, Merry Christmas to you and Happy New Year. Thanks, Linda, very much. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, too. And I thought it might be fitting to uh, share with you now a song all about the Newfoundland pony. This one uh, happens to be performed by the late, great Ron Hines. Tickle Cove Pond, one of my favorites. I might have a tear in my eye while listening to this. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great weekend.